Um, the teens can go uh, with Pastor Ashton now there, and we'll begin our Bible study. Thank you guys for coming and doing that. It means a lot to me. It means a lot to the Lord. And, um, you know, we, one thing I'll tell you is we cannot, we cannot measure success in brick and mortar. Do you understand that? How God measures success is not in brick and mortar, but how does He measure success in lives that are redeemed and lives that are changed? And that, that's absolutely true. You know, remember when the disciples came out and it's like, look at the great buildings. You know what Jesus said? Yeah, there's not going to be left one stone upon the other. And when you look at these things, this, this beautiful building... It's all going to burn up. But you know what is not going to burn up? If you're saved, you're not. You know? And this is just a tool to reach people. And God forbid that we would have our heart more tied up in these things than in the lives of, of, of boys and girls and men and women around the world. Um, every time I think about this, uh, I was in a, a town in Colombia, and it was beside Rio Negro, and um, I forget the name of the town, uh, but the, the preacher there, he's starting a church there. And we went, the group from our church that went, and we were passing out tracts. And, and then in Colombia, in these little towns, everybody, there's just people just walking everywhere. You know how it is. They don't have cars, and, and uh, they have these little shops. And there's this little, um, there's this little shop, and they have chickens, and and, and people would come up and say, I want a chicken. And so they'd, they'd put the chicken in the bag and they take it to butcher it. And they're selling chickens. Uh, that's a good way to preserve chickens, just sell them live, right? They don't spoil that way. And um, there's this young lady sitting there. And uh, we began to witness to her and give her the gospel. She knew some English. And uh, just as, as she heard the gospel and began to weep, and it, man, it was just... I mean, it was one of those moments Pastor Putney was there and God just moved into that little place. And she heard the gospel, you know? And I see the people there and they're going about their ways and there, there's no Christian church in the town, you know? And it says established in 17-something and I said, the devil has had his clutches on this town since the 1700s. And now the gospel is making inroads there. And so I always pray, God, please give him strength, you know? Support him in what he's doing. Lord, help him go before him. And you know what he, he told us here at this church when he was here for our missions conference? He said, if God's people don't pray, nothing happens over there. And he, he talked about Moses when he was lifting the hands and the people that supported him. And he said, without prayer... The devil has had his hands on that place for so long, and uh, it, prayer is the only thing that helps them uh, to break through. And so, um, you know, people have been very interested in what's going on in the Middle East, haven't they? Uh, they've been really stirred up about it. And so last week I preached about, um, you know, how, how we got to that, that part and how you know, Israel got kicked out of the land and they became a nation again. And um, 
that's good, but what are we supposed to do? I look at Hebrews 11 and verse 7, and we're going to be going all over this. I'm just, I just chose the next verse in our text. We've been going through the book of Hebrews as, a, as I said, man, this is perfect to start. Um, but look at this. It says here in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 7, it said, By faith, Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet moved with fear and prepared an ark to the saving of his house by which he condemned the world and became the heir of righteousness, by, which is by faith. So, he was warned of God, and he believed God, and it led him to do something about what was happening. And um, so, last week we talked about what was happening in the Middle East, and you know, in, in Ezekiel chapter 38, it talks about the king of the north, and Gog and Magog, and, and how they come against Israel. And I think Gog and Magog shows up twice. He shows up there, and he shows up at the millennium at the end. I could have that wrong, but I know that that is different than the Battle of Armageddon. And so what happens is, is Russia, which most people identify as the king of the north, he starts becoming confederate with all of those little countries surrounding Israel, and he leads an attack on Israel. Now, the, the thing, and, and I hope this is true, I don't know if this is true, but Ezekiel chapter 38 and verse 13, it says, Sheba, Dedan, and the merchants of Tarshish, with all the long, young lions, therefore shall say unto thee, art thou come to take spoil. And so what that is, is that's, that's England, and it looks like one Middle Eastern country, and, and it says, and, and the young lions. Tarshish with all the young lions. So what that's, Tarshish is the, the mother country, England, and the young lions. So that could be the United States. Uh, that could be Australia. And the different countries that spun off from England. And I don't know if that's true. It would be a blessing. But there's somebody that opposes them in this war. And the reason I think it's different than the one in the millennium is because the Lord just takes care of that one, okay? But this one, other people are actually opposing the king of the Norse, and, and I hope that that's the case, don't you? Because this is my country. And so what has happened is, um, you know, we see what happened, this, this attack on Israel, right? And um, then you see... Russia put, trying to put in a UN resolution that calls for a ceasefire without mentioning the people that, that made the attack. And um, then you see them developing further alliances with Iran, which is according to prophecy, okay? And that's uh, Persia, and they're developing these alliances. And then, uh, I didn't read the news, but what happened today? Putin went to China, okay? And there's a hardening of their position against Israel and against um, uh, what, what's going on there. And there's a, they, they've always supported Palestinia or Hamas and, and the things that are going on there. And so they're, they're entrenching down. Now, this is how, and I, when we get into this, you'll know that I'm not trying to scare you, okay? At all. There's comfort in the text tonight. Please be assured of that. But this is, this is how world wars start. 
You know, we, we already have this situation going on in, in Ukraine and in Russia, and, and the U.S. has been involved in that, right? And then, and then you have China and uh, Hong Kong or Taiwan or whatever, and all of that's going on. And then you, you just have all of these turbulent things, and now this broke out. And, and you, guess what? Troops, be ready. We're sending supplies over there. Uh, we're going to help them. And then you have Russia and China saying, oh, okay? So it's a very volatile situation on the political spectrum. And it, the world is a tinderbox. But you know what is, it shouldn't surprise us, should it? Everything in the world history has folded, unfolded along the lines of biblical prophecy. Why would we look at this and say, wow, I can't believe the Bible's true. We should look at this and say, oh, that makes sense. That's what it says. And you know what? With all of these things, whether it was Israel becoming a nation or Russia developing an alliance with Iran, nobody ever believed these things. They're like, yeah, but it's happening. Okay? And so... You know, we, we, we see this, so, so what about all of it? What about all of it? I want you to look at Proverbs chapter 17 and verse 24. What about all of it? Proverbs 17, 24, and we're going to go to a lot of places. And the Bible says this, Wisdom is before him that hath understanding, but the eyes of a fool are in the ends of the earth. Do you see that? Wisdom is before him that hath understanding, but the eyes of a fool are in the ends of the earth. I was talking to somebody, and I said, you know, you should not be taking advantage of this old woman and living in her house and not contributing to the bills. Uh, if, if this is the woman for you, marry her. But stop taking advantage of the situation and do the right thing. Well, you know, I don't want to get married because, uh, you know, the Bible says woe to them uh, that are married in those days. And, and, and I don't want to worry about what's happening and all this stuff that's happening in the Middle East. And I've been reading about it. And can you believe what Hamas is doing? And I'm behind Israel. I said, you are a fool. Your eyes are in the ends of the earth. What are you going to do about it? Throw your false teeth at them? There's nothing that you can do about it. You can pray, but first you would have to get saved to do that. But you know what you need to be focused on is what God wants to do today in your life and what you're supposed to be doing today. And you see all the protesters and what they're doing, and like the people at the bus stop, I said, what, what are you doing? You're trying to get them to throw their walker across the ocean? What can they do about it? What are you supposed to be doing? And they're just building up this tumult and this, this, this bunch of energy, but it goes nowhere. Okay? Now, why do I say that? Turn to Romans chapter 13 and verse 11, because you will see, and I haven't looked, but I can tell you this is what's going on, you know what's happening? Is all the YouTube prophets are coming out and saying, 
This is it. Okay? Can you believe what's happening? Go get gold and go get beans and, and you know, this is, this is it. Sell your house and buy a generator. Uh, that's, no. No. That's not what you should be doing. And, and you know what they try to do? They try to do the same thing that television networks do. They try to get you worried. And the only reason you're looking at this stuff is because you're worried anyway. And so then they take that worry and they sell it back to you. That's all, all that people do. They, they, they harness your emotions and they sell it back to you. They tell you what you're thinking and sell it back to you. So Romans chapter 13 in verse 11, this shows us what we should be doing and how to prepare. Because there's two sides to it where one people said, don't worry about it. Well, that's not biblical. And the other people says, like, just be worried and, and, and go get anti-anxiety stuff because you, you need to be really disturbed, okay? So what does the Bible say? Romans 13 and verse 11, and it will get clear instructions. The Bible so many times talks about Jesus coming back. And it tells us what we should do. So look at Romans 13, 11. And that knowing the time, uh, it is the time. Remember what he said in, in Matthew chapter 24? He said, when you see these things happening, you know that it's getting close. And he said, knowing the time, it is, so what should we do? It's high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. That's talking about the Lord coming back. That's talking about the rapture. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and in drunkenness, not in chambering and whatness, and not in strife, envying. Well, what, what are we supposed to do? Verse 14. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. So, you know what he says? Awake out of sleep. Don't ignore it. Wake up. And you know what, what we can do is, um, we can go along and uh, we can be lulled into a sleep. You know? And we cannot realize what's happening. And, and we can just not, not really care about spiritual things. And we can fall asleep to the things of the Lord. It, it, it's like, uh, imagine you're on, on watch and you're a firefighter. And you fall asleep and the buzzer goes off. And you're supposed to go and you're supposed to do something, but you're just sleeping. And so many illustrations in the Bible when God talks about them coming back, He said they fell asleep. Remember the virgins? They, they fell asleep. They fell asleep. And over and over and over, he says, wake up. Wake up. What does God want you to be doing? It doesn't mean wake up and get scared. It means awake out of sleep. You, you know the thing about sleep? I never know when I fall asleep. I just wake up and realize I've been asleep. You know? 
Jesus is coming. Does that wake you up or are you already awake? Does that mean like, oh, you know, Jesus is coming. So are you sleeping or are you awake? Um, you need to be responsive. You need to be able to, to, to uh, be tender to the Lord and know what He wants you to do. It says in verse 12, the night is far spent. You know, the last days in the Bible cover the time from the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ to when He comes back. It's all the last days. And guess what? The night is far spent. Morning's coming. If the last days started over 2,000 years ago, there's not many of the last days left. You know? You're, you're in the last quarter. You're in the final inning. And he says this, Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. So what we should be doing is, is we should cast off the works of darkness. But what is works of darkness? It's the sinful and worldly behaviors. It's, it's casting them off and, and replacing them and rejecting them and distancing yourself from them. You know, if you're wearing a dirty garment, you have to recognize it's dirty and then you have to take it off. Jesus is coming. Is there anything in your life that's dirty? Is there? Is there anything that needs to be removed? Is there anything that needs to be cut off and cast away and put away from you? You know, um, you know one of the things that makes us fall asleep? Um, and I, I rarely talk about this because... It's not on my mind ever. But um, whenever I got married to Michelle, you know, she can be really weird. And uh, I don't know if you know that. But I said, well, hey, we're hanging out. What do you want to do? You want to watch some television? She said, I don't do that. Oh. So what do you do? I would just read or talk. And it, it was very hard for me, you know? It was like withdrawing from heroin. I would wake up and be like, oh man, I'd be getting anxiety. But, but through, the, through the time, I, I just it, it's not a part of my life anymore. And you know, the things on television that are so bad are not actually what's on it, but the philosophies that it teaches you and, and the lulling to sleep. Well, we went on vacation and, uh, this summer, and I got on the plane, and I was like, oh, movies, this is great, Okay. It's been a long time, and so I, I started one, and, and then the flight ended, okay? And I was like, why is the flight so short, you know? Why? That's the only time I wanted a longer flight. And so the whole week I was there, you know what, I was like, I can't wait to get back on the plane and finish that. And it was just, it was going through my mind the whole time. And every time I read the Bible, all I could think about was Tom Cruise. And what he was doing. And I'm like, <laughs> focus, right? And you know what I'm saying is like, you've got to consider, I'm not saying that those things are, are necessarily evil, but if that is what's lulling you to sleep, then cast it off. What's better? Tom Cruise or Jesus? My granddad used to tell me I look like Tom Cruise, but I said, my, my teeth are... It, they're not over here, right? So this, it doesn't apply. But um, w what I'm saying is, like, you got to cast off the work of, of darkness, and the Bible says, and put on the armor of light. So 
what is uh, something that the Lord wants you to do. He said, be ready, for in such an hour the Son of Man cometh when you think not. And so um, the Lord gave an illustration of that. Uh, and keep your hand here, but look, look at Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12 in uh, verse uh, 40. Luke chapter 12 and verse 40. And, and he says this, The night is far spent, the day is at hand. That's where we're at. Cast off the works of darkness. And he says this, Be ye, Luke twelve forty. Be ye therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh in an hour when you think not. Okay? Uh, then Peter said to him, Lord, speakest thou this parable unto us or even to all? And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his Lord shall make him ruler over his household to give him their portion of meat in due season. Look what he says next. You want to be blessed? You want to live the blessed life? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. He said, put on the armor of light. Uh, Of a truth, I say unto you that he will make him ruler over all that he hath. You see, the, the thought of God coming back is not supposed to frighten you. It's supposed to excite you. If you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. He said, but if that servant shall say in his heart, my Lord delayeth his coming and shall begin to beat the men servants. That's the works of darkness. And eat and drink to be drunken. The Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him. In an hour when he is not aware. So all of this getting ready is about your personal self and what you're supposed to be doing. And it has nothing to do with your eyes being in the end of the earth. The Lord is coming, i got to get ready. The Lord is coming, and i got to get ready. Look what he says um, in verse 47. And that servant which knew his Lord's will and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. But he that knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given of him shall much be required. To whom men have committed much, they will ask him the more. And the Lord says, I want you to think about it like this. I want you to think that if you know what you're supposed to do and don't do it, that's not good. Do you know what God wants you to do? Okay, back to Romans 13. He says that you put on the armor of light. In Romans 13, 13, it says, Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting, not in, in drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envy. So walk like you're walking in the day. Okay? Don't be sneaking around and, you know, buying generators and hiding them. Okay? Walk in the day. Um, walk like you, you, you don't have anything to hide. Walk before the Lord and avoid those things. Because all of these things put holes in your Christian life. And verse 14, Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Uh, when the Lord comes back, you should think about getting things done for Him and not ministering to the flesh and making provision to fulfill the lust of the flesh. What does that mean? That means you, you put the things there so the flesh gets what it wants. 
Um, but what are you supposed to do? Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, when uh, I don't watch football, but some people do, and, and uh, they might not think it's, it's scriptural to get ready to go to church, but they definitely think it's biblical to get ready to watch their football game. And you know what they do? They put on their jersey, and, they, and they're yelling at the television like the people are yelling at the television about the Middle East. Yeah, we did it! I'm like, you did nothing. You did nothing. Okay? All you did was put on a jersey and, and eat Doritos. You, you did nothing. Okay? But he says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what that means? What would the Lord do? I'm going to put that on. How would the Lord want me to do? I'm going to put that on, and I'm going to walk that way. I'm going to put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and I'm not going to do these other things. You know, when the, um, remember when Jesus left in Acts chapter 1? He leaves, and, and the uh, disciples, and they're, 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 and two angels came up and said, uh, why are you standing staring up into the sky? Why are you doing that? He's coming back. And so then they went to Jerusalem and did what God told them to do. He, he, watching does not mean not doing anything. Okay? It means go to Jerusalem, get ready, go tell them about the Lord. He's coming back. Like He went, He's coming back. And so, don't just stand gazing up into the sky. Do something. Okay, 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 10. 2 Peter 3 and verse 10. And I love these passages. The rapture's going to happen. The Lord's coming back. What should we do? Well, don't go to YouTube. Go to the Bible. It tells you what to do. And it's so clear. And it's so helpful. And it's such a blessing. Okay? Uh, 2 Peter 3.10. It says this. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. They don't announce their coming, do they? You know why thieves steal things out of my car? Because I don't lock the doors. And I never know when they're coming, but they're always coming. In the night. And they come and they check all the cars. And thank the Lord, last time they checked, all they stole was some gospel tracts. And they didn't see my, my iPad stuck between the seats, you know? But they got some gospel tracts, so that's good. Okay, um, but he said, the, He'll come like a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. And all the elements shall melt with a fervent heat. This is, uh, this is worse than nuclear warfare, right? And the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Oh no. Oh no. What do we do? Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be and all holy conversation and godliness. He's saying, the Lord's coming. You don't know when He's coming. And everything here is going to be destroyed. So you know what you should focus on? What kind of person you ought to be. And holy conversation, that's your life. That's how you live. That's how you walk. Um, and godliness. 
So, the Lord's coming. Don't get caught by surprise. Don't be like the foolish virgins. But be like the servants that are girded and serving and expecting their Lord to come. Um, Hey, if Jesus came today, are you ready? Are you the person you ought to be? Are you? Or is there things He wants you to fix with the help of the Holy Spirit and yield to Him that He told you a long time ago? Is that stuff done? Is it in progress? Now, none of us are are a finished work. I don't ever want you to think that I think I'm a finished work or people are a finished work. We're always growing, okay? Uh, But the Bible says, he said, not that I have already attained, but I follow after. He said, you be perfect. And what does that mean? Is, Is I'm doing what God wants me to do right now. I've yielded to him the things that I'm supposed to yield to him now. Uh, so don't be caught by surprise. Um, if he came back right now, is there anything you need to do? Well, I need to call grandma and witness to her. Okay, go ahead and get that done. Well, I need to apologize to, you know, so-and-so. I need to get that straight. Okay, go ahead and get that done. Well, I need to. I need to get this sin out of my life. Okay, go ahead and get that done. Why? It's all going to burn up. The Lord's coming. You don't know when He's coming, so what kind of person should you be? That's what you should focus on. That's what He's saying. Um, You know, some people get caught by surprise when the teacher says we're taking an exam. You ever been there? I didn't know! Yeah, you knew. You just didn't know what was then. You thought you had time to prepare, and you didn't. And so, that, I love the teachers that always keep you on your toes. That's how my kids' teachers are. Surprise exam today. And they, my kids get so upset by that, you know? Ah! I said, you don't have to do the best. You just have to do better than everyone else. That's all you've got to do. Okay? So, so what kind of person should you all be? You know, there was a, a preacher named Wesley. And they said, uh, hey... What would you do if you knew the Lord was coming back today? He said, I would do the same thing I already have planned. He said, I already have everything done that he wants me to do. So I would just follow the schedule I have set for today. And that means I'm going to go to the meeting house and preach. And I'm going to go home and eat lunch. And I'm going to take a nap. And he says, about the time I wake up from the nap, I'll be ready for the Lord to come back. He said, but I wouldn't change anything. What about you? What about me? What manner of persons ought you to be? Seeing these things will be dissolved. You ever see people and they build this beautiful sand castle on the beach, but they build it at low tide, and and then you know what happens? The tide comes up, and the water starts getting closer, and it starts lapping at the sand castle. And pretty soon that beautiful sandcastle is just dissolved. All of this is going to be dissolved. So put more into where you're going than into this. Think about it. Get ready for it. 
He said, he said, think about it. It's all going to, you know. So don't get too attached to it. Uh, focus on your walk, on your character. Um, is it holy conversation? Is it a holy walk? Godliness? Is it godly character? Are you like God? And he says, looking for, verse 12, and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with a fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to the promise, look for a new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. He said this, According to his promise, we look for a new heaven and a new earth. Okay? And so, you know, we're, we're not too worried about the destruction of this world. Why? Because we have something better coming. You know, I, uh, unfortunately, I watched a movie one time when I was younger, and some of you will know which one it is, but I'm not going to tell you, okay? But there was this young lady, and uh, she grew up in a home, and there was a lot of bad things that happened in this home. And one time, she came back as an adult, and they was walking along with her friend, and she sees this home. And she got so upset, and she got rocks and started throwing them at the house. And then, her friend hired a bulldozer to doze it all away. Okay? And you know what? Why? Because that place represented pain. It represented abuse and bad things that happened. And often when we go through the earth, that there's so many bad things that happened here and happened there and happened there. And you know what we're going to be thankful for? There she goes. <laughs> you know? Now we got a new heaven. And we got a new earth and a new place to go. And so, we're, it says we're, we're looking forward to that. And he said, um, uh, looking for, according to his promise. And he said in verse 14, Wherefore, beloved, seeing you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. You know what the coming of the Lord should provide? Not consternation, but peace. Happiness and joy. Well, what if it comes over here and all this stuff happens? Yeah, that could happen. But it's all going to be destroyed anyway, and we have the Lord, and He promised to take care of us. Um, without spot, blameless. I'm submitted to the Spirit of God. I'm depending on the Spirit of God. I'm obedient to the Spirit of God. Um, I am uh, looking for Him. I'm, I'm teaching the found. I'm, I'm helping. Look at what he says in verse 7, 15. So what do, you, what do you do about this time? Like, Have you ever wondered why hasn't the Lord come back yet? Have you ever wondered that? Look at verse 15. An account that the long-suffering of the Lord, our Lord is salvation. Even as our beloved brother Paul, according to his wisdom, given unto us, him hath written unto you. You know why God is waiting? Why is he waiting? He wants some more people saved. And, um, you know, that used to not make sense to me because I said the longer it goes, more people will be saved, but more people will be lost too. But aren't you glad he waited for you? 
Aren't you glad he waited for you? Aren't you glad he waited for you? You know, every, and I don't know why I'm talking about moving so much today. God help me, Lord, please. No. But you know, every movie, you know what they do? There's a scene where like, come on, come on, come on. And the plane's about to take off. They're like, come on, get in, get in. And then they grab them and they're like, and the door shuts. Okay? And you know what? The Lord hasn't come back yet. And you know what? We should be telling our friends and our neighbors and the people we meet, come on, come on, get in. There's time. The Lord's waiting. He's waiting for you. The plane's about to take off. Look what's happening. Get in. And aren't you glad the Lord is long-suffering? Man, I'll, I'll be glad when the plane takes off, but we need to see as many people as we can to get in the ark. Amen? And it says, uh, verse 17, Ye therefore, beloved, seeing you know these things before, beware, lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. You know what else he said that you need to do? You need to stay grounded in the truth. You know what the Lord also said always about the last time? He said there's going to be many deceivers that come. And many false prophets and many false Christs will arise. And they'll deceive many. And it, it's, it's happening. And they get up and they get you all stirred up and, and they deceive you. So don't be led away with all of that stuff. Stay anchored in the truth and just be aware of it. You know, depending on when, like, I know the, the strongest verse in the Bible about the pre-tribulation rapture of the church is Revelation 3.10, where he says, He will keep you from the hour of temptation that is coming on all the earth to try the world. And I don't know when that happens according to Gog and Magog. I know it happens uh, before the Antichrist makes the deal with Jerusalem. Okay? That doesn't mean we can't go through trouble, but he will keep the church from the hour of temptation that's coming on all the earth. He's not appointed us unto wrath, okay? So that's going to happen. Uh, but he says uh, that you need to beware, and we do need to beware, because even in the church, in the New Testament church in the book of Acts, you know what these false prophets did? They, they drew people away and they deceived them. And, and one time, depending on how close it gets, these false prophets are going to have signs. They're going to have wonders, and they're going to, they're going to do all these things like Pharaoh's magicians did. And you know what it's going to do? It's going to deceive people. And you know what false prophets always do? Here's the pattern. <clears throat> they say this. Where, I don't know where it went. They say, here it is. They said, oh, you know what I, I found in here? That God is waiting for the branch, and I'm the branch. He's waiting for this person to open the seven seals, and I'm the person that opens that seven seals. So I have special revelation that you don't have. And I can tell you, you don't need to know what's in there. I will tell you what's there. And you know what they do? They pull your authority away so they can tell you whatever they want to tell you. Think about it. Remember Jim Jones with the Kool-Aid people? Okay? You know what he said? I'm a prophet. I have special revelation. 
And God told me we should drink all this so we can go with him. Remember David Koresh, Waco here in Texas? You know what he said? I'm Jesus. I'm him. And, and you know what? You, you need to listen to me. And when people do that and you rip their authority away, you can deceive people and tell them anything you want to tell them and they'll believe you. You know what Jim Jones said? He said, I've, I've gotten with prostitutes to be a blessing to you. I didn't want to, but God made me do it. How can people hear things like this and believe it? Because he ripped this from them. And he said, I am the one that tells you the truth. And they believed him and they deceived him. David Koresh said things like that all the time. And I'm not saying what happened there was good by any means, but that's the pattern. And you have to understand that whenever these things start happening, there's all kinds of prophets that are going to come up and you know what's going to happen to gullible people in the church? They're going to leave the church. Oh, the church is not warning people. It's not getting people ready. It's not getting people ready to go through the tribulation and all these things. And they're not doing that. And, and, and they're not telling people to become preppers. There's no preppers in the New Testament. You know? And they'll be... It, it's so sad, but it always happens. It always happens that people are led away. So he says here, This is what you do, and we'll finish with verse 18. But grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. And if you want to know what's happening in the Middle East and what you're supposed to do about it, and the rapture coming and what you're supposed to do about it, all you have to do is look in the Bible, and it tells you to get busy for the Lord, don't be deceived, to purify yourself with the Holy Spirit in all manner of conversation, and get busy for the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, you know why I think about it this way. Have, have any of you uh, ladies ever done this? You made a, you made a meal for your, your husband? Okay? You got everything ready? And then you're like, oh, he's coming. Man, I got this food ready. This is going to be nice, you know? And then you okay, I need to warm this back up a little. I need to do this. And you keep watching, but, but you're ready. You're ready for it, okay? Now, I think about that, preparing for those things. And that's what we're supposed to do to the Lord. He's coming. He's coming. Uh, the Bible says in Revelation 3.11, hold fast that which thou hast and let no man take thy crown. Don't let anybody steal your crown. Keep serving the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what we can do as Christians about the war in the Middle East, okay? All right, I hope that's a blessing to you. We'll pray and we will be dismissed. Lord, we come before you and we're so thankful, uh, Lord, for your word. We're thankful for the wisdom that the Bible uh, gives us. Uh, you that are troubled, rest with us when the Lord will come. Comfort one another with these words. And I pray these words would be a comfort and an encouragement and an exhortation for people to get busy doing the things that we should always be doing, preparing for the Lord's return. In Jesus' name, amen.